Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, the bear, Deacon Adam Conk. Hey, hey, hey. In studio. It's good to see you, my friend. Great to see you. Yeah, my, all, my week always gets better when you and I get to hang out. Wow. You know? What a statement. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Same here. Yeah. Without Paul George, I would be a mess of a bear. I'm, yes, you would. And so would I. I don't yeah. know if I'd be a bear, though. What am I? More of a... Like an animal spirit? Yeah. Um, I mean, you've, you've, you've taken on this bear persona, I mean, with this beard and I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, and if we didn't do the show, we built the friendship long enough that we would keep in touch, but it is good to see you. Yeah, for sure. Same here. I guess if you've never thought about this before, I don't want to offend you by naming the wrong animal, (laughs) but you don't um, want to make me angry, but, uh, gosh, I think wolf came to mind i don't know why okay but like a wolf you know when i was a kid growing up there was a show called Wolfman. yes yeah. it was great special effects yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah 80 special effects <laughs> looked really horrible but <laughs> yeah. for that time right yeah it seemed like really impressive yeah yeah i think a wolf if i had to pick a bear mm-hmm. for you i mean animal for you okay all right, I'll, I'll ponder on that. I'll bring that to my prayer. <laughs> I'll bring that into my Lexio Divina <laughs> sessions in the morning that I have with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lord, what do you say about me being a wolf? <laughs> yeah, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, th- that would be amazing. So, thanks, everyone, for listening in, being a part of the show uh, here at KLFT Radio in Acadiana. What a great place to live and be. And um, for everyone on the podcast all over the place, you know, thanks for being a part mm-hmm. of the show. Um, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. We're glad know, you're SoundCloud. here. Yeah, it's great, man. You, we've been super consistent. I was I was getting out of my <clears throat> truck this morning, walking into the studio, and I was thinking, you know what? Like, we just show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just, like, show up, you know, consistently. Do. I don't know. Here we are. What it is about you. <laughs> You and I, but I was kind of laughing about it, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, uh, like in some ways, we well. should have just given up a long time ago. <laughs> but I say, like, we're just gonna like wear people out. Well, the funny thing about podcasting is that you and I are just in a room by ourselves, so in a lot of ways, we're just having a conversation. We interact with listeners uh, on in occasional awesome ways, and we mm-hmm. appreciate all that interaction, right? But it's not like this is our full-time job or anything, you know? And so we have a lot of things swirling in our brain and our mind throughout the week. Right. And, uh, I don't, you know, sometimes I wonder, is this more for me and you? <laughs> but then I hear from listeners, that's for them. And, like, especially new listeners when they discover the show. But, like, I enjoy it so much. It's group therapy this conversation. for yeah. you and I. Yeah. That's really what it is. And people yeah. get to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, people get to hear about it. Uh, so anyway, as we get started with the show, do you have a, have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Yeah, this one hits close to home, although it's not close to home. It's from the UK. It's okay. one of those UK um, stories. Almost close. But the situation, uh, is literally a fear of mine. But did you hear, um, about this woman in the UK and man where she gave birth to a child on the way to the hospital, um... I've heard that story before. Yeah, there's been some. But in this particular story, um, Chiara, age 28, and her husband, James, age 32, decided not to pull over. Like It wasn't like a, hey, stop the car. This is happening. He kept driving. Okay, let me ask you a question, though. Like If you're in that situation and you've had more children than me or your wife has and you've been a part of those experiences, 
what would you do? Do you pull over or do you keep driving? Like you just say, hey, Definitely I'm going to try to beat the light. And, you know, race there and let someone else take care of it. Or do you pull over? I would definitely pull over. Really? Yes. I, I'm thinking, like, pedal to the metal. I'm going to try to That's make it. That's what he did. Okay. He, he sped up. Okay, so play it out. <laughs> well, I mean, the the baby, and I've heard this from people that have had this situation. <laughs> and, for example, I have a sister-in-law who, was, who brags about being born on a bridge because she was delivered on a uh, in a car. They pulled over on a bridge. Oh, no. That's a perfect place to pull over. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the baby just came out, and you know the mother was trying to do her best to keep it in, but the baby just came out. Okay. And when he heard that, he just sped up, and so he he hit sixty miles per hour in an area where that was pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the scenario. They made it to the hospital. Baby's fine. That's Mom's great. fine. Dad's fine. Um, but I just thought that was funny. Exactly what you just described, like that decision. Do you just go faster to get help sooner? There, there are decisions in life that are like, you know, in the moment, you know, like, and we don't have time to like discern the decision. So, you know, and I'm not making this decision about like this job or this job or this move or this move. And I'm really praying and discerning, right? Mm-hmm. Like in that moment, like we just pray like God will give us the grace and the wisdom, the prudence to make the right decision. In this case, like either decision like would have hopefully worked out for the well. You pull over, have the baby, call nine one one, or you speed up and you get to the hospital as soon as you can, and they take care of it, right? Yeah. But what wisdom is not is your sister in law's parents. Okay, mm-hmm. like for you and I who live in Louisiana, there's a lot of bodies of water. <laughs> there are a ton of bridges. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. flat bridges, there's high bridges, there's you know over swamps, rivers oceans like we get it all here like mm-hmm. we get fresh water salt water the whole deal and th- there's sort of one rule of life for a bridge don't pull over on the side of a bridge <laughs> like in, unless your car's like blows up and you're like it doesn't move right because like the side of a bridge is like it's like extremely dangerous there's no real shoulders on bridges things like that <laughs> well one element of the story i haven't mentioned yet which adds to the suspense but this was in the middle of a flood situation mm-hmm. from rain. Mm-hmm. So they weren't sure they could even make it to the hospital. And they were trying to find a way to get there. And uh, anyway, he found a way. But yeah, so there was that added anxiety and pressure of an already tense situation of we're flooding. Now you're going into labor. And that was one of the reasons they had to do it in the, she gave birth in the car. was because they couldn't get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But once they found a path where they could, he just took off. But um. So yeah, sometimes the the anxiety of situations <laughs> add to the pressure of decision making. It's true. I think a lot of times we over we kind of overthink and overcomplicate things, particularly when we make, need to make a a decision immediately or in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think in those moments, like we're not in this long process of discernment, right? Like we we're just asking for the grace to make the right decision in the moment and that God will just take care of it, right? And it could be like right or wrong, but you're just, your intentions are good, right? Like we, we need to keep this baby safe. Do, do we stop or do we go right? Like, you know, and in some decisions in life, like what I've found with people who, what I would say are unstuck humans, like they, Ooh, you know, like the unstuck humans, unstuck humans. Like you've ever That's met, a book title. <laughs> have you ever been in a place in your life? And I, and I think the answer to this is yes, because it's just for me. And like, we can all relate to this is you just feel stuck, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And th- there's times where we, we over uh, analyze being stuck, 
mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, what do I do? And like, we over pray. There's so many certain, layers so of why layers. this is. Hey, it's so complicated. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and sometimes we just are at like a impasse and like you were, we're sort of in a time of waiting, like God, you know, open a door and show me a new route. Like all that, like is part of it. And I, and I understand, but to go back to my point, uh, in having interactions with, with people who I would define as people who are unstuck people, mm -hmm. man, that's such a good phrase. You know, what I have found is they have a unique ability to make quick decisions for things that, uh, um, aren't really like, you know, life or death. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, here, here's a decision, a business decision, a financial decision, uh, a decision at work, a decision with a person. A de uh, let me just make the decision. Let me make the best decision I can right now and just know that I have good intentions and, and, and you know, like, right, I'm not going to mm -hmm. overcomplicate it. And so they don't spend their time spinning their wheels all day in the mud on these little ancillary decisions. They just make the decision, make the best decision based on your education, your wisdom, your knowledge, you know, what you've learned, the mistakes you've made, and just make decisions and just kind of move on. Yeah, I've observed the same thing. And I think one of the key uh, qualities of the unstuck Christian is that they know enough of the love of God the Father for them that their whole salvation does not depend on said decision, right. even if it's important. Mm -hmm. Their whole family doesn't depend on it. Their whole organization doesn't depend on it because what they know it really depends on is God's love. Right. God's providence, that right. God has provided for my family, for my community, whatever it needs. And so fidelity to that is most important. And a lot of these decisions, like, I mean, I'm sure as you wrote your book, uh, Holy Grit, and looked at the lives of these saints, they have that quality where some of them had to make really big decisions all the time. Right. But I've seen very holy people treat really big decisions as like, you know, nonchalantly. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they don't care. They haven't, they just trust God so much. Right. Right. That if it seems obvious what should be done, let's decide it and move on. Yeah. And if it's a good, then just choose the good. You know, it's like we're doing these men's grit groups. A lot of guys will text me or call me or email and be like, hey, what do you think? I'm like, if it even interests you to like mm -hmm. make any spiritual movement, just do it. Like it's only good can happen from it. Like you're not going to die going through Greek group. Like that's right. Like God's going to, so just make a decision, like just boom, make the decision. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of the things in our day, like if we just made decisions, like what we'll find out is like we give God more space in our life. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't need to make a decision of whether or not I should pray each day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty easy. Uh, I need to kind of decide when, and then I just need to set it in stone. I got to pray each day and here's the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you think, well, what do I pray with? Well, just use your good intention to pray with something, scripture, the readings, the rosary, all these devotions, and then let God lead you from there. But if you just spend your time like when, where, how, then you just never, by the time it's 10 o'clock and your day is already started, I don't have to decide when I'm going to go to work. I got to decide what time and then I go. And then you just kind of like allow the, once you can make quick, good decisions, then it actually leaves more room in your life for you to experience God's grace and movement because you're not just spinning your wheels on all these ancillary, small little decisions that ultimately don't matter if if you say yes or no. Man. You know what I'm Can saying? Can you write a book about this? My next one? Unstuck People. Unstuck People. Oh, my goodness. That's a good one. <laughs> I need to read it. I need to apply it. 
I think you do a good job at it. I mean, we all gonna we are gonna struggle with this. Like this is yeah. this is life struggle, but we can get better at things that we struggle with. Like right. all of us, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't well, have yeah. to live. Uh, we don't have to live stuck, and we don't have to live in the patterns of life that we've lived up to this point. In fact, I would I would I would raise the ante on that point there, Paul. Do it. Is that put your chips in the table, slide them over? Some of us struggle with being happy. Because we think what's in our way are the things we're not good at. But then I've found it to be true that when I'm learning to get better at what I'm already good at, there's a certain joy and ease to life, Mm -hmm. a certain enjoyment that happens. Now, I know I have my faults and my failures. I have tons. I could tell tell you about them. In fact, I have. But... Well, not only do we focus on the things we're not good at, okay? Yeah. And if I can raise the ante for a second. Yeah, do it. We we then play the victim. Ooh, preach right? it, Paul. Preach it. And we play the victim of life has dealt me the wrong set of cards. Yeah. Okay? But none I of us- I have the wrong like, boss, the wrong hear, spouse. Hear it yeah. out. Like, none of us are exempt from a perfect life. Like, none of us are, none of us, none of us get that card. Right. Okay. So like then we either like focus on like our imperfections mm-hmm. or we'll focus on being a victim. And what ends up happening is that's why we become stuck. We just spin our tires. And we become miserable. We become miserable because we point at other people and other situations and other things or our imperfections, our faults. And what I'm saying and what you're saying is we don't have to continue to live that way. Mm-hmm. That's a decision of a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, where do I go with that? Well, you know, I get calls and emails and people come and see me They're like, hey, let's, let's, I, I do, I want to make some action to work on these things because I don't want to keep doing that, right? I need mm-hmm. to go to counseling, spiritual, whatever. Like begin to do something about those things. Man, unstuck humanity. I love it. Hmm. Yeah, what's the title? Unstuck people, maybe? Unstuck people. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I have a little notes of all the... On my future books, you know. <laughs> I bet you do. You know what's funny is like Holy Grit is coming out soon. Like you could pre- like this month, pre-order right? it mm-hmm. on Amazon, but it's coming out out and it'll be available, you know, to ship. But yeah, uh, February. Um, anyway, as I'm thinking about that book coming out, um, I have a list of next books. Like that's the way my mind works, you know. Well, and I, I imagine, I've never written a book, uh, but I imagine when you do it once it's like wow that was a lot hmm. i'm not like anxious necessarily to get back at it right. but then somehow you do get back at it and the reason why my like you know not not to like you know people are like what well, paul's you know like this extremely intelligent guy like <laughs> look at the end of the day like when i get face to face with jesus there's one one thing that uh that won't be said he was a genius that's not gonna be like that's not like my you know it, you know my give i know a genius when i see one that's not me uh, but what you don't realize is like when a book comes out, it was, it was done a year before that. Right. You know, right, so right. my rough draft for this was done, a, you know, at least eight months ago. Right. Right. And so like my, I forgot half of what I wrote. Like I got to reread the book Yeah. to remember, Yeah. yeah. you know, so like my mind eight months later is now cleared mm-hmm. and is thinking about the next book, although this one just came out. So that's, that's kind of how it works. It's not like, oh, I just finished it and it's going to print, you know? <laughs> Well, I imagine with the second book, well, it was the process was familiar, a little more settling, yes. unsettling. It's kind of like having the baby. Yep, exactly. And also the feedback you get kind of in that input of your actual readers and how it's impacted their life probably has you thinking 
what else could I share? You know, like what other things would be helpful to these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can imagine the floodgates of ideas about books would just start coming because uh, you do, I mean, you've worked with so many people over the years. You've had so many experiences. You've been blessed by so many mentors and great people that you've gotten to know and, and learn from. I mean, um, it, it's awesome to share that with people that need it because believe it or not, we need more wisdom in the world, not less than yesterday, right? Like people are in more need of good Christian wisdom about how to live a Christian life today than we were yesterday. Hmm. It's not easier. We need good wisdom. We need good wisdom. Yeah, that bad wisdom, St. Paul talks about that. It's no good. No good. Speaking of. No bueno. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Dick and Adam Conk. Studio time with the bear. <laughs> you know, what does that song remind me of? It's coming in. I, I, it's some, like, yeah, I can't remember. That's it, what I love about the music yeah. I found is that it's really not, none of this music you're going to hear and be like, oh yeah, that's my favorite jam, but it feels so familiar yeah somehow. There's something, yeah, it, yeah. it's, there, there's a song there that it's relating to. I just can't. Can't mm-hmm. put it to mind. Um, anyway, thanks everyone for listening to the show, being a part of it. Super glad uh, you're with us today. Uh, lots going on, man. Um, you know, a cool um, saint that we celebrate this week, uh, one that uh, a lot of us know of, heard of, uh, is Saint Blaise. Mm-hmm. Blessing of the throats. We know this tradition, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, he's an interesting cat, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot about him, but uh, he was a bishop, um, <clears throat> and um, Old Blaze, you know, he's uh, he's got some cool stories, um, you know, in the 1200s. He blazed his own trail. Uh, um, you know, in the 1200s, they, they named his feast day, but he, he goes like way back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about St. Blaze is, you know, the story is that he, there was a kid with a fish stuck in his throat, you mm-hmm. know, and like he blessed it and like the kid was saved. Right. Yeah. And then we do the blessings of the throats, which okay. is a really weird tradition, right? Like yeah, if you, it is. you'd walk like if you were someone walked off of the street and you just walked into like the blessing of the throat deal on that day. Yeah. And like, you know, some priest was jamming two candles into your neck <laughs> and you just looked at, at this as like, what is going on? You know, I think my first question would be why the throat? I mean, do, do you have a blessing for the spleen? Is there a spleen mass? Well, I think it's because of the fish bone was lodged in the right. throat, so you're just going to go from that. But here, my point is, what I, what I was reading about him I think is really cool, and for those folks who um, maybe need healing in their life, is that mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Bishop Blaze um, was really big on spiritual and physical healing. Mm-hmm. So not just, phys- not just spiritual healing and growth, but physical. 
you know, maybe that's uh, actual pain, mm-hmm. um, but uh, your physical health and the two really going together. It's one of the things we talked about with the guys in Crit Group is like the 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 merging together of our whole life, right? Like mm-hmm. like the grace of God and walking with Jesus should spill into all areas of our life, our masculinity, of course, um, but also like um, spiritual, physical, emotional. Uh, all that should integrate, right? Yes. Like we, we, we can't be growing spiritually and be stuck emotionally and physically. Like those move forward together. We That's have how to, you become a disfigured monster. Yeah. We have to <laughs> face the hard things in mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. And we believe that through God's grace, he gives us, and the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen, and you've seen, and I've even in my own life, man, I'm growing spiritually and yet, I'm leaving behind these other parts of my life, you know, physical, I'm not taking care of myself, um, the emotional side, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some stuff's coming up. I'm not, you know, doing some work there. But what I've found is like when when we allow that grace, like all those things to be pushed together, do the hard things in all those areas, we actually have a lot more freedom, yeah. you know? Yeah. When we face and, and tie in those hard things. Absolutely. Yeah, St. Blaze has a recent soft spot in, in my life. Um, one of my kids in heaven is named Blaze because it was a year ago today hmm. that we had our last miscarriage. Really? On the Feast of St. Blaze. Wow. And so we named uh, the kid Blaze. And uh, yeah, it was, um, but there was a lot of healing. It was our third. And it's one of those events in life, kind of like having born children or, or living children, I should say. Um, it's not like it gets easier or better, you know, like the more kids you have, we just had our ninth living child. It's not like it's easier, but we've been through it already. There's a certain like path of the heart that's prepared. Like St. John the Baptist who prepared the way of the Lord. Life experience kind of prepares you for a similar experience. Mm. Um, so I just remember, uh, certainly disappointment, certainly sadness, every much, every bit the sadness of the first miscarriage. However, we did, we knew it could be coming. We, it wasn't like a shock, you know. There, there's a there was a path in my heart prepared to where I was so grateful through the intercession of Saint Blaise for the healing to just be immediate. Not mm-hmm. not saying I'm healed of this miscarriage. No. What I am saying is right. the journey to healing of the first miscarriage yeah. took less time to get to the healing part in the second one, and then by the third one, especially through the intercession of the saints, mm-hmm. you know, God wants to heal us, and He. Does, he he knows life is going to hurt us. He yeah. knows that there's the cross. He wants to be very close to us. Jesus does not want to leave us stuck. We kind right. of keep going back there. Like he does not want to leave us there. You know, we sort of choose that. We 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 grab hold of like our old ways or our bitterness or our victimhood. We grab mm-hmm. hold of you know our past and what's dealt with us and our imperfections. And man, we hang on to those like they're yeah. uh, the lifeblood. Like. They're the clothes on our back. Like we can't let them go, you know, like we really do. And that, and then Jesus is like, man, I, I don't want you there, Yeah, you know? Uh, and when we really pray for healing and God's grace to be with us and the intercession of the saints, like powerful things happen. We, you know, we talk about like calling on the saints to like, get your back, like, you know, come on board with you, you know, pray mm-hmm. for you and with you, you know, I mean, St. Blaze was all about spiritual and physical healing, emotional, spiritual. Uh, he was beheaded. Like, he, know, yeah. like, you know, he was martyred for his faith. Like this guy, 
uh, really lived on the forefront of that. And the cards that he was dealt wasn't easy. But, you know, for you to ask uh, for his in- intercession and <clears throat> for anyone listening, like really calling on specific saints as you have an intention or an issue or whatever, find a saint to walk alongside of you, not journey, not just journey like as a brother or sister in the Lord, like a saint, like, but to intercede specifically for you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as we're talking about chips, you know, doubling down. Yeah. Dude, it's like <laughs> Annie up with the saints and like, whoa, yeah. like back up. They okay. have a lot of chips. They do. So speaking of, like we started a new segment last time. This one's all for you because it just reminds me of you. It's called uh, Nerding Out. Such a nerd. Yep. Nerding out. You are that. Nerding out with Paul and Deacon Adam. Nerding out. All right. So uh, I have. I like your jingle. (laughs) You just made that jingle up. Oh, yeah. You just totally made it up. Everything about. It's from my heart. You picked a song. You you (laughs) made it. And, And really, the nerding out. Segment is is nerding out with Deacon Adam. Well, no, I have no idea today. where you're going. Oh, okay. No, it's nerding out for you. Oh, you're gonna nerd out today. Perfect. I cannot wait for because this. February is now upon us. We're into February, and it's National Marriage Month. Happy National Marriage Month, mm-hmm. according to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They have USCCB. named it mm-hmm. National Marriage Month because you know Valentine's Day falls this month, and so it makes sense. I guess people are thinking about their relationships, but. So an initiative of the USCCB is that every year we take a month and really focus on marriage as a church. Because it is a sacrament. It is a sacrament. And so we take one of the 12 months to focus on one of the seven sacraments, uh, marriage. Hmm. So I want you to nerd out on something, something I've been thinking a lot about. Because I've been doing, uh, the past couple of years, some work with our local tribunal and annulment office and reading the cases of marriages that did not make it. And there's so many, I mean, I've read probably 40 cases, so mm-hmm. there's so many different stories, sure. whatever. Yeah. And so one question I've been having is, uh, what are those good indicators in the marriage prep process? So here's your, here's your nerd out. Nerd out on me about the indicators of a healthy marriage dynamic before marriage and how's what's the best way to find those indications? Like what, what can be known before marriage, before you go into it, that this is going to be a healthy dynamic? Hmm. I mean, this is all on the spot. Like I didn't oh, yeah. know where we were going. I out. just know, you know, this stuff <clears throat> going so I hear on it. the nerding out segment. Um, but this is good. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it's a good conversation to have. What I'd say is like most people get married and don't even know the issues. So either that being because they didn't have good formation, uh, good marriage prep process mm-hmm. that like highlighted maybe some of those issues, right? Or red flags, as we've said on the show uh, before. And so then they just get married, right? And then those issues are obviously still there. And then they multiply in marriage. I always say issues multiply in marriage because that's what sacrament does. It, it highlights the grace to bring forward the good and bad. Like, it, you know... Marriage is a force multiplier. Marriage is a force multiplier of the Holy Spirit. So that can be either really good, like your marriage and my marriage is on the way to becoming and is God's light and love to the world. 
Like it is, it is a force to be reckoned with, which is why Satan has a huge issue with it and wants to attack it big time. And if he can attack it on the front end, oh Lord, like then you, then you're set up for failure, right? Mm -hmm. And so let me blind the couple to their issues so that when they get married, the blinders come off and then just, you know, blank hits the fan. All hell breaks loose, maybe? Yeah, that's a better term. <laughs> okay, you follow me? Mm -hmm. So um, there, there's not always, you know, a good process on the front end to highlight those things for folks. As you and I know, like the, the school of marriage that we absorb is <clears throat> the one we grew up in. They always tell couples like, the starting point of your marriage, the starting point, not the end point, not the middle point, just the starting point. This is just the reality is um, however happy or sad, good or bad your childhood was. That's the starting point. What you observed growing up. And so that's what you come in with your marriage with, right? Marriage is a great opportunity for healing and for growth. So it doesn't have to dictate where you end up. But we've we talked about being stuck you know, people get stuck and they don't deal with those issues. Man, I love it. Mm -hmm. So there's some indicators to get back to, like to kind of keep going on your- Oh yeah, you nerd know, it out, man. You know, your indicators are, there's some <clears throat> emotional um, baggage, trauma, you know, um, that hasn't been dealt with before getting married. Brokenness, you know, divorce, abuse, um <clears throat> All those things, maybe some psychological issues that are kind of hidden under the radar, maybe unknowingly even, and yet when they get in the marriage, marriage being a force multiplier, you know, a magnifier, magnifies all those things, and then it just blows up, right? It doesn't determine the course of it if you deal with it, but it could end it immediately, you know, for the most part, right? So what we call a lot in like our own marriage prep is like family of origin, like getting through some of those family of origin stuff, kind of working through those things to the point where you're like, we're on, we're on this, we're in this together and we're going to continue that healing journey in our marriage, you know? Man, it's good stuff. Nerding out on marriage. Yeah. Well, you know, what I like about the nerding out segment is that we get to kind of drink deeply from something. So I appreciate that. I know there's a lot more there is. You to know, drink. It's interesting, the gospel that we uh, hear this week from Matthew uh, 5, 13 through 16 <clears throat> is a short gospel, but it's powerful. Jesus said to the disciples, you are the salt of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything, right? Uh, but to be thrown out. And then he goes in, he says, you are the light of the world. Okay, so he's speaking to the disciples, the apostles, and now like this word is for, for you and I as Christians. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. So they, they would know like Jerusalem, like the, that city on the hill, like I can see it because there's a light up on the mountain, right? So you're living down below in the villages and stuff. You could see Jerusalem. And if you're making the journey each year for the Passover, you just follow the light, right? So he's making that analogy. Uh, and he says, nor do they like just logically light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. That's silly. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly father. Right? So as a Christian, like we're baptized into the light. Jesus lives inside of us. 
And, and our whole mission is to allow that light to shine, remove the bushel basket, because one, that's going to catch on fire, and two, it's going to hide the light. There's one version of the scripture you remember is like, don't put the light under your bed, mm-hmm. right? Which is like Jesus is saying, that's really silly. First of all, your bed's going to catch on fire. Second <laughs> of all, it hides the light. You can't see around the room. You know, you got to remember they didn't have electricity back then. He's talking about candles, like physical burning light, you know, like... And I bring all that up because, like, for married folk, the 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 place that your light is shining is in your sacrament. Mm, mm-hmm. And and for a lot of marriages, there there is a shoved bushel basket that is catching flame and is burning out, like it is hiding the light of the force multiplier of your marriage. And and we just let it go out because we don't know what to do, you know, and. What I find, particularly as I meet one-on-one with a lot of men about their life, is that there is an there is a real lack of dealing with my emotional life and vulnerability. I'm I'm really afraid to like hit head on my issues from the past, my 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 hurts, my pains, and to bring and share that emotionally and vulnerably in my marriage because I don't want to sound weak. I don't want to admit that I struggle. I don't know how to do it. All these, all these things. Like it's this constant conversation I'm having with people. Mm-hmm. All right. Man. So what we do is we, we just, let's just hide the light. We don't even know we're doing it. It's just like, let's just put a top on it. Wow. All right. So nerd out a little more on this idea of uh, vulnerability because if if a lot of men are like my teenage son at the moment, mm-hmm. and I say, how was your day? And he says, good, and that was it. I love it. There's so many memes about teenagers <laughs> and their responses to parents. He's not being dishonest, insincere, whatever. Like, he he's answering the question. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain immaturity to a response that's shallow, let's say, or unvulnerable or non-revealing that men in particular struggle with like needing to grow beyond that, you know, to mature out of that. Right. But you don't know that you need that maturity in the moment because you think you're being honest. You're right. Being, you know what I'm saying? So just nerd out on me on this maturity part. Like what, what is lacking and how do you know that you actually lack it and you need to grow it? Well, in marriage, like fortunately and unfortunately, it, it is in our face. You know, mm-hmm. it's in the conversation or lack of conversation or the emotion, emotional disconnection that you're having with your spouse, okay? And it's not just for men, right? Um, which sounds like a hair product just for men. <laughs> Does it not? I like that. Yeah, you like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, with teenagers, same thing with us. It's like, how was your day? Good. Uh, <laughs> you can reframe the questions. Tell oh. me more about your day. And so good is not a response to tell me more, right? Mm. And so in our marriage, you know, when we're like, how are you feeling? Fine or sad or angry. And then that's the end point of the conversation. That's where vulnerability stops. I'm afraid to cross over into that threshold. And the question is, tell me more about your feelings of sadness or anger. And it, it causes you to th- really think through your emotions and your feelings. And then you got to go there or not, you know? And what I find is vulnerability, the greatest threat to vulnerability is risk. It's risking 
sharing my 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 truest self with another person mm-hmm. because I risk being hurt. Mm-hmm. I risk you rejecting me. I risk you not loving me or liking me. At least I make that up in my mind. All right. So let's dig a little deeper into that. So what I'm hearing you saying is that another person is really required for this maturity. Like someone has to ask me questions that are deeper mm-hmm. to make me think and then answer. And then it's a, it's a, a good situation. There's mm-hmm. not like a bad result. Because if there's a bad result to me sharing something, yeah. thoughts, feelings, whatever... I'll just shut it down next time. But so you really need it, that other person. It could be a bad result mm-hmm. uh, with someone that that is not trustworthy of our emotions and our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we we've been hurt before, right? Yeah. Okay. But in a marriage, like that's the safest place. It should well, be. Ought to be. Yeah. Ought to be. Uh, what what the 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 fear in our mind. So, so the greatest threat to vulnerability is risk. Well, what's behind risk? These fears, mm-hmm. these fears are illogical things that we make up. That person won't like me or love me. So if we're true friends and I came in here and I just, and I just shared how sad I was or frustrated. And I really talked about like how it tapped into like this, you know, experience I had as a child in my fear. I said, if I do this with Adam, he could think I'm crazy and he may even reject me. Mm-hmm. But that should not stop me from being vulnerable with people who I know are safe. Mm-hmm. But what it really does is the opposite. It actually binds us closer together as friends. You know me even deeper, and actually you probably love me even more. Yeah. Because you feel like, wow, like Paul's let me in to a place in his life that is really vulnerable. Not everyone gets to go to that place, hmm. right? right? Right. So what I tell guys and girls, like, <clears throat> your marriage should be the place where you get the practice swings in, where like you get to share your emotions, your feelings, your brokenness, and there's this there's this little child in all of us that like your spouse is just wanting to love and see and know, and we just keep that person closed inside. Practice swings. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Tell me more about so what we you don't just do that. it all at once. Like <clears throat> it's slow practice swings of practicing vulnerability with the person who's going to care for your heart and your emotions and is going to love you anyway. Your spouse is going to say, "You could tell me anything, and I'm not leaving you." That's a very safe place to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can practice sharing my feelings, my emotions, and tying in those feelings and emotions even to like maybe a hurt or pain from the past, and understand that. This person's not going to reject me if I do that. That's real vulnerability. It's crossing the threshold of risk and allowing that person into this space that you haven't allowed anyone else into. This is so interesting. So practice. So I'm thinking what would be a game time swing? And I guess when I go to work and interact with my boss, there's a lot riding on that swing, let's Mm -hmm. say. Or when I go to church and interact with a parishioner or whatever, there's... There's some swings that mm-hmm. are, are game time swings. Is that what you mean? But like this practice time is, is like, look, I'm going to love you no matter what. Yeah. Let's practice being vulnerable. But so- not everyone should be allowed into our, every place in our heart, right? Mm-hmm. You know, God first, then our spouse, and then our closest friends. So like I, I can't, I can live in vulnerability and authenticity, but I don't necessarily need to let my coworkers into my, you know, deepest, darkest closets you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like I'd be very aware of my feelings and emotions and saying, you know, like 
um, you know what, guys? Like, the economy's going down. I just want to let you know, like, that scares me. Yeah. You know? And um, I just want to share that with you. That's a vulnerable statement in front of people you work with or you're leading. And to be able to say, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but I just trust that we're going to make it through. But I just want to share that I can relate probably to the same things that you're feeling. And then all of a sudden it opens a door in the workplace for those people to say, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been really afraid too. And then it just allows for like just an more authentic work, work environment, you know? Yeah. Not super intimate, let's say, but authentic. Exactly. You're sharing what ought to be shared in a friendly way, true friendships, right. but not disorderly too intimate or too right. much sharing. But in my marriage, as we loop back into that, like there, there should be no place in my heart that's hidden from my spouse. Mm. There, there should be no experience of brokenness that should be hidden. And that's scary. But yeah. for, for me, it's been a, it's been years of practice swings. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, like it, it's been years and years of practice swings. And then, and then, you know, Gretchen just, you right, caring for those, those swings and like just being patient with those swings, right? And vice mm -hmm. versa, right? Um, to the place where we, we can feel like we can be completely vulnerable, transparent, and authentic in our marriage. That's when the bushel basket is removed and the light really shines, you know? We'll wow. never be perfect. It's not like we're hitting home runs like I'm just like bunt singles man like just <laughs> base hits is what I'm looking for in my well life. that image of the goal being to remove the obstacles to grace is a really powerful image because I don't have to solve every problem but if I can at least get out of God's way that takes care of a lot right well totally and as we're reading the gospel this week you look at the light what are the things that you that are blocking the light from shining in your life that is true like self-reflection, okay? Well, there's here are the fears that I put over the light of my heart. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what I'm afraid to risk. And, and what are those? And I would say like it's it, you could trace it all the way back to experiences in your life from a kid or as a young adult or, uh, you know, some experiences. And then, you know, really begin to pray that God would heal you of those moments and remove, you know, the the baskets that are over that light so that we can live fully. Like our light should shine fully in our marriage. And then together, what? Obviously, like practically as Jesus speaking, two lights are brighter than one. Ah. <clears throat> and that's what happens in a marriage. That's why I call it a force multiplier. Because you combine the light in me and the light in your spouse. Those two make a light, a, a brighter light. Am mm. I right? Like Yeah. Yeah, I had this image when you said that of, uh, remember the movie Ghostbusters? Yeah. And they each had their own little, like, ghost gun that was yeah. a big light. And then at the end, they have to combine all the lights to be able to defeat the big monster. They can't do it unless they combine Which them. is a huge marshmallow, by the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we've made up this monster. Right. <laughs> like, think about it. Like It's true. Like, the fears in our mind uh, become so, like, big that they're not, like, they're not the reality of what they are, mm -hmm. you know? And like when they finally blow up the ghost, it's a marshmallow man. <laughs> well, it's funny because that was literally how that monster was not to get too much in the movie. We're nerding out here, but the, the evil force was going to pull from whatever was in their mind and that what they're afraid of and then make it a reality. Right. And so they thought he tried to think of something benign and it was a big marshmallow man, but that was literally where it came from was their, their fears. Their and, fears. Mm -hmm. And we've, we made up like if, 
times emotionally or spirits that we've made up is a huge gap in our mind. And we're like, if I do this, share this, or if I'm vulnerable, and then we make up the response to that. Mm-hmm. My spouse might not love me or accept me. And none of, most of that's probably not true. And it might be based on like some fights y'all have had in the past because there's this emotional block that's happening. But I guarantee if you get down to the true feelings and emotions and the hurt, that person will care for you and love you even more. Mm-hmm. That's really what happens. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George and the Bear. Hey, hey, hey. Conk in studio. Wrapping up the last segment, man. It's been been a good show, I guess. Paul the Wolf. You going to be thinking about that? Yeah, I'm going to bring that into my uh, okay. our prayer time. Yeah, I'm not wolf. even gonna tell you why I picked a wolf, and I want to see what you come up with. You're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell me. I'll wait till you pray about it and think about it. <laughs> you think God's gonna reveal to me in prayer? Maybe. Why I'm a wolf? <laughs> maybe. Or why you think I'm a wolf? I don't know what y'all talk about in prayer, but maybe he'll talk about that. We talk about everything. <laughs> okay. Everything's on the table. Well, then I want to see what uh what what happens. You know, everything's on the table. You know, like there's this image of uh, Zacchaeus who's in the tree. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know he's short in stature, so he climbs a tree. And Jesus is walking by and sees Zacchaeus in the tree. Says Zacchaeus, you calls him by name. Come down quickly. And what's he say? What's he say, Adam? For today I must stay at your your house. Your house. So this image of you know Jesus just calling Zacchaeus out of the tree, and they go to his home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was praying with that image, and it's just just the reality that okay, Jesus is around the table with me, and everything's on the table. Nothing's not on the table. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's our life. That that that's you know, vulnerability starts really in our relationship with Jesus, where everything's on the table, nothing's hidden. And he loves us and speaks to us and reveals to us that. Right. Yeah, and talk about practice swings, right? I mean, our Lord is so patient with our uh our little tiny swings that we but those swings are important. I mean, like he's told the um the lady at the well in John chapter four, the Samaritan woman asking her for a little cup of water, a little drink. A dimitas. And, and then he would give her eternal life a, a, welling up from inside. A right? little dimitas. We have so many little dimitases of cooperation with God. That's mm-hmm. all he needs. Like That's He doesn't all. need us to hit a home run. He needs us to just literally pick up a t-ball bat and like a helmet that's, that's too it, big man. for us. That's it. That's <laughs> <And> just <laughs> hit the marshmallow man. Yeah, that's all he needs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you an option. Okay, you have to choose. Whoa. Since you put me on the spot with the uh, nerding out segment. Yeah. Uh you get to choose between weird catholic stuff or six pack of questions. Weird. You Catholics are some weird people. You're one of them. 
Yeah, I am. I'm weird. Oh, yep. You're weird. Okay. We're into weird Catholic stuff. Okay. Well, I, I choose that because uh, I want to hear your. Th- I want to get your reaction on this weird thing. Okay. So you found this. I have no yeah. idea what it is. So there's a patron saint of marksman. Hmm. I, was, I thought you were going to say Marksville, which mm, is where I'm from. There probably is, but I don't know who that. I don't would be. Probably know. Probably Saint Mark. <laughs> It's Marksville. No, there's a guy named actually, see, you didn't think I knew this, but actually a guy named John Mark who founded the town. Oh. Yes. John Mark. Yeah, but not a saint. Just like a dude. Right. Yeah. But he's got a saintly name, John and Mark. Yeah, and no one knows if he was. (laughs) But anyway. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that's quite a story. Well, no, uh, this is the patron saint of Marksmen as in those who are really good at shooting guns. Right. I do know that. Yeah. And they're very accurate, I guess. To be a Marksman, you... You're accurate. You hit the mark. You're precise, yeah. Or pers- precise, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that patron saint is St. Gabriel, Gabriel Pocenti. Okay. And the reason why he's a patron is, is pretty awesome and kind of weird. Mm. Okay. So St. Gabriel Pocenti of Our Lady of Sorrows, he's a brother. Um, he was a rather frail 22-year-old seminarian. Okay, so he's becoming a priest. When... These like random deserters were raiding the town. Okay, like these pirate folk. Nice. <laughs> in 1860. Okay, were just raiding his his hometown. Just ravaging it. Yeah. So imagine a little riot breaks out and these um, people are just pirate like folks. They're stealing stuff, mm-hmm. taking stuff. So Saint Gabriel, this kind of frail, sickly 22 year old seminarian brother, goes out to confront them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk about grit. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, he literally starts physically struggling with them. All right? Okay. And at one point, uh, he managed to grab a pistol away from one of them. Okay. And then holds him at gunpoint to get out of the town, right? Now, the other raiders, the other pirates, pirate folk... <laughs> Just start laughing at him. I mean, here's this like lanky, frail, right? Like, what are you gonna do? Holding a pistol, you get out of here, and there's like twelve of them. Um, so they're just laughing at him, and they start to close in on him, like to kill him, right? And just then, this is the weird part. So far, it's just heroic. This is the weird part. Just then, a lizard runs across the square where they are. A lizard or like iguana, in the distance, like a big lizard says or? a lizard. I, I'm imagine not big because that wouldn't be as impressive. A bigger lizard, okay, less impressive. Smaller lizard, pretty impressive. So he runs across the floor, kind of in the distance of the square that they're in. And Saint Gabriel turns and shoots the lizard in the head, bang, with the pistol. Oh, Mark's from friend. a distance. Wow, in the head. At which point the raiders drop their guns and head out. So they're like, oh, if he can, if he <laughs> can, can hit this little lizard. lizard. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, did he, was he like a, did he like shoot guns before? Like, do we know? Or like, it was just like. It's not part of the story. Like, I'm going like to assume he like had a, some experience. A God thing. Like it just like. It sounds like a God thing. Even if he had been an experienced marksman to shoot a little lizard in the head mm-hmm. from a distance with a pistol in 1860, I imagine was. Somewhat miraculous. You know how scripture says, like, you know, when you don't have the words to speak, like, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. Yeah. Right? Like, like is this what happened? Like, he was just in this so. situation, and, like, he was, like, the like God just, like, bang, you know, shot the lizard. Like, just, like, it was 
miraculous? I think so. I mean, it doesn't sound like a typical situation. But that's how I became the patron saint of marksmen. And that's just a really weird story about how headless lizards, um, you know, accomplished the will of God that day. Hmm. And like God showed up with this man who was willing to save his town and help them out. But I mean, he literally just shot a lizard's head and uh, saved this town. You know what's crazy is like, <laughs> like, honestly, like, okay, I know you don't, don't push me on this. Like push me away. Okay. I'm being vulnerable. Okay. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> it does tie into the gospel. Like he, mm-hmm. okay, he heroically and bravely stepped out and didn't know what was going to take place. Right. Right. So he removed the bushel basket and just like, this is the light that I'm going to shine. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to confront the issue, whatever the issue is with this. It was, you know, these, these pirates. And then, and then it's like, I, God's going to have to take care of the rest. Cause like, I don't know or have the ability to face really the thing on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is, this is life. Like, like our action is just showing up and then allowing God to like do, do the work. Yeah. But if we don't show up, we stay stuck and in our guilt and shame and in our imperfections and our lack of gifts that we think we have and then in our victimhood, like then, then we just stay there. Right. So like our thing is like, like if you show up, God will do all the work. He'll get you unstuck. He'll, he'll, heal you of your things. He'll, he'll help you to face the enemies of your life and your light will shine period. And probably unexpected ways like blowing off the head of a lizard. Right. That's not, it's probably not how he expected that day to glorify God or save his town. But, but think about the obstacles emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, practically in your life and in my life. And then they become bigger and God's like, none of those things are too big for me. None of them. Right. So, so the things that you're afraid of, you have, you have like allowed it to grow into this huge marshmallow man, right? And, and yeah. it's really not that big. But I, even if it was, like I, I can take care of it. Like, like so, just risk facing it and like allow me to remove, and and do the work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do the hard work. The, he he didn't sit in a house like he, the hard work for him was just that hardest part was showing up to that confrontation. Yeah, I mean, I I uh I would think of so many reasons why I would not go confront 12 pirates mm-hmm. raiding my town as a 22-year-old lanky's unarmed seminary. Right. And the hardest part for us is to confront our issues. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest part. It's just to it's just to face them. And then like God can take care of the rest. Other people can help us. You know, we can you know, push through. You know, like it's not, it's not as scary as we've made it out to be. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to promote this uh, image of the headless lizards as just a reminder, you Mm. know, we just got to confront it. Maybe that could be the cover of the book, Unstuck Unstuck People. People. (laughs) It's a headless lizard. Just a headless lizard. Weird Catholic stuff. And a pistol and like smoke coming out the barrel of the pistol. And there's a like a lizard with no head, <laughs> bleeding. That is some weird Catholic stuff, right there. Right, and then and then it's just unstuck people. Yeah, Saint Gabriel Posenti is definitely unstuck. You know, he was not stuck that day. He was. 
<laughs> he was not stuck. Man, that's the, that's the goal, you know, for all of us to be unstuck. And that's the beauty of the gospel and Christ and the church. So, man, just breathe, pray into that, allow the Lord to like help you to <clears throat> gain some traction, to be unstuck, find some saints to pray for you uh, and some people to take some practice swings with. And God will do the rest. So thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks to the bear and um, everyone else. Share the podcast. And thanks to KLFT Radio. We'll be back next week. God bless.